Good morning. This is Glenn Andrews of Heroes and Kings. Elijah Brady of Heroes and Kings. Uh, good Sunday morning. Uh, as usual, about to get ready to go get some cardio in. Basically hit the treadmill, my roar, air bike. About to get it in. Uh, about one week away from going to visit my son for about 12 days. He's on the other. He's on the the left coast in school. Uh, when I get back, return back to the right coast. Uh, we'll be sending my daughter off to college, and me and the wife will be empty nesters outside of uh, our, our our third child, which is Bernie Mac the Rottweiler. Uh, interesting week. As always, interesting weekend. I usually do this on Monday, but I thought I'd do it uh, today, Sunday morning. I got a little bit of time on my my hands right now. And I like to do my podcast with a clear mind and clear thought and taking all the weekly experiences, uh, discussions, conversations, and and everything I've done over the week and kind of just do an overview and do an overview of, of the week past so I can get ready for the week that's that's about to about to take place because uh, kind of having is one of those things of kind of having a plan for what you want to do for the week what you want to achieve any objectives any goals any initiatives uh, what you want to do as far as training that week if you're working towards a a 90 day goal or a, a six month goal or you're in the middle of a year goal of taking on either a mental or physical health and wellness transformation. So you always got to look at where you have come from, look at where you are, and look at where you want to go. And it's, it's constant. You know, you got to keep moving. I saw somebody said something or did something. Oh, Kasha Fit, K-A-I-S-I-A-F-I-T. Someone just posed a question, you know, do you work out every day? Or do you do something every day or something along those lines? And she said, yes, I try to move every day. And I thought that was the greatest answer. It was it was just the perfect answer because that's literally what the human body and the human mind needs. The human body needs to move every day. It needs to move past being average. It needs to move past the normal every day. And you need to challenge your body as well as you need to challenge your mind. You need to read. You need to do computations. You need to look at numbers. You need to look at words. And sometimes it, it may even be great to look at a different language and discern what that language is. You know, I have a, with, with these phones, there's so much technology and so much on a phone that you can do that it's really sad that we don't have a higher IQ or a more intelligent population. However, having said that, there are language apps, language translators, and all kind of software, hardware, technology to make the human being better. And I say make the human being better because I think we're getting lazy. Matter of fact, I know we're getting lazy. And you have to balance out technology, machines, robotics with what a human being can do. From a business standpoint, I recognize robotics is efficient and you have more production. Uh, 
you have more production. However, it takes human beings to create those robot robots and robotics to run a factory or run a, a, a manufacturing process. Um, on the flip side, when it comes to having uh, technology and things that make what we what we so call quote unquote make life easier. I dare say in some situations it makes the human being lazier. Perfect example is a remote control for a TV. Though the remote control makes it easier for you to just plop down in your lazy boy, grab the, the remote control and hit the TV. And then every time you need to change a channel, you just lift up your hand and 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 push a button and now you can do that on your phone as well you can program your phone to control a tv what is it to rise out your chair if you're watching that much tv and watching that many channels to get up and turn the tv off or turn the channel we don't even do that anymore you know and that's that's a that's one of those areas where where do you make the the balance you know, something as simple as getting up and turning off a TV has turned into you sit in your chair and you just flip through channels. And it's also has turned into a kind of a, an analogy of the of the, the certain kind of father, a certain kind of man who just comes home after work. In most cases, or in some cases, don't even have a job and just plops on a chair and just press buttons all day. And it's an analogy, and one of the analogies I never, or meme as, or meme, as they say, that I never wanted to be that my kids would see me work all day, or I had I've had some home-based businesses, and when they saw me plop on my chair or sit at a chair, that I'd be flipping through channels. At all times, they would see me in movement. At all times, they would see me at a computer or a laptop, me creating at all times. They would see me, they saw me working on, on a hot rod. They saw me take an engine out of a car and put another engine in a car. They saw me up under a car welding. They saw me in the backyard building a, a, a backyard park. My kids got a chance to see me walk across a stage when I got my MBA. And so... They've always seen my body in movement. They've always seen my mind in movement. And that's powerful. And it's sad that enough of us and enough children have not seen men with their body and their minds in movement. I'm going to say that again. It's sad that enough young children girls and boys have not seen grown men with their minds and their bodies in movement and I'll say in a positive movement and what that means is just seeing a man being the best he can be mentally holistically physically spiritually uh, just seeing him being the best he can be and getting a chance for children to see something different than what there has what has been put out in the diaspora. I say that because yesterday I had a had one of my 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 longest friendship. As a matter of fact, I I consider him my brother, uh Marcus. 
He was here visiting. I actually had a family reunion in Savannah, and I've known this brother since I was seven years old. And a weird dynamics, his, uh, his father is my uncle's, my uncle's father, stepfather. And so, uh, Mark's, Mark's brother, Mark's stepbrother married my aunt. And so we, we've been attached to the hip since we were seven years old, riding bicycles, uh, playing little league baseball. Then he went to another high school playing football. I went to another high school playing football. And then when we got out of high school, I had got hurt because I was on my way to USC and I got hurt. And so I had to figure out what I was going to do. I was in junior college and Miss Ronnie got me a job working for the government right out of high school. And Mark was in satellite. He was studying satellites and electronics and stuff. And he got him a job doing that. Then he got him a job in the government. And we were in our 20s and early 20s. As a matter of fact, we were late teens, early 20s. And I was we were both going to junior college and he met a young lady named Sharon, and she was so happened she was from Atlanta, and he ended up asking her to get married. I was the best man. The wedding, oddly enough, was in Atlanta. So uh, had always watched black black college football today on ESPN back in the day and knew about the HBCUs, but didn't know that much about them. But so we came here for the wedding. I was the best man, and. We during the time we was here, we just took a tour of Atlanta, and we happened to go by the AU Center, and I just picked up a, a college application just on a whim, and had the wedding. Mark's married. I come, we all come back to San Diego, and I'm working, going to junior college, uh, got my AA. Now it's time for me to transfer to an undergrad school. And I was, I had Columbia, Dillard, Morgan State, uh, San Diego State, UCSD, some of the schools in San Diego, and literally got 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 accepted to all of them, and had to decide what I was going to do. And I had literally accepted Morgan State because it was the farthest away. It was in in, in Baltimore, and it was the farthest away. And then Dillard came in in Louisiana. I said, Oh, I'm gonna head there. I already accepted San Diego State, already accepted to the schools in California. It would have been a lot cheaper. I would have been able to stay at home. Um, had paid to accept Morgan State, was getting ready to buy the plane ticket. I took uh, about a year furlough from my government job. Had a great boss, Tony Bonilla. He told me that, hey, Glenn, I will fur- we can furlough your, your, your position. You can go down there, go to school. If it don't work out, you, I, I got a job back for you if it don't work out. And so for him, I respect that, respect him for that to this day. Then uh, one of the one of the other odd ways life works, Sharon, Mark, my best friend, Sharon being from Atlanta, her dad was a Morehouse, Morehouse man. As a matter of fact, Dr. Chandler uh, is a, was an English professor. His wife, Mrs. Floyd Chandler, was also a Spelman grad. So it's weird how the karma works out. So was on my way to Morgan State and getting ready to buy plane tickets, getting everything set up, getting ready to shut everything down and saying they're going to make this move for school. And at the last minute, 
my Morehouse college application was accepted. Uh, they accepted me, and that changed everything because I said, hey, you know what, I'm headed down to headed down here to Atlanta because I saw what the cost of living was at the time. I knew what the cost of living was in, in San Diego, what it was in California, what it was in Atlanta, what it was in Georgia, and I knew the apartment and the apartment and condo that me and Mark had in California. I can come here, go to school, get a job, and have me a house and land. I knew this 20 years ago, and so I end up coming to Morehouse. Ironically, when I arrive to get set up for my dorm and I, I stayed in Benjamin Mays Hall, which that's another thing of that's karmic in an irony. I stayed in Benjamin Mays Hall and the dorm wasn't ready yet. So, you know, I had money, had credit card because I was a little older than most of the incoming freshmen because I came in as a sophomore junior. And so I knew how to take care of myself in plan A, plan B. I had to rent a car. I had some money. I had credit cards. So I knew I could go stay at a hotel for a week or two weeks until the dorms were ready. Well, actually about a couple of days until the dorms were ready. And I said, okay, uh, dorms are not ready. You know, let me go to plan B. Called Marcus and told him what was going on. And he said, hey, just, just you know, Mr. Chandler said, when you get there, let him know and just let him know what's going on. And so I called Mr. Chandler, and I told him what was going on at Morehouse. And it almost brings tears to my eyes because Sharon's parents, Mr. And Mr. Gene and Floyd Chandler, allowed me to stay at their house, fix me, I had, fix me meals. They allowed me to stay there until my dorm was ready. And, and then I went on to school. Mr. and Mr. Chandler had only met me at Sharon's wedding because I was Mark's best man. That that's all they knew of me, and, and I saw the be and then, and they knew Mark and they know what kind of what kind of man was marrying their daughter, and they and me Darren and Chuck were were the groomsmen and I was Mark's best man, so they knew us from that. But that's all they knew. But Mr. Chandler, Dr. Chandler, allowed me to stay in his house, and Mrs. Chandler fed me breakfast, and. Rest in peace, Mrs. Chandler. To to the end of time, I have so many people to be thankful for, but I'm definitely gonna be thankful to the Chandler Sharon's family for what they did because they didn't have to do that, and that just shows you one how that, that was that Southern hospitality. Two, that was that that was that Morehouse Spelman connection, and three, how your your pattern, your character. And your movement, your movement of your mind, your movement of your body, and the way you move about this world is karmic, and how it can how it can have an effect on you, how it can have an effect on others, and what it means over time. And so that's why I, I'm tying this all together because the way you move physically. The way you move mentally, the the way you move in your interactions with people, tells other people about who you are and what you are. And you can't be lazy about that. You can't. You just. You just cannot be lazy. And here it is, 40, 20, 20 almost twenty something years. Me, from me coming here for Mark's wedding end up going to Morehouse 
end up meeting the Chandlers, which is Sharon's parents, Mark's in-laws. I end up coming here, going to school, end up meeting Hotep, meeting some of the guys I met at Morehouse, becoming a Morehouse man. Brother that helped me out so much, Hotep, Hotep Agnaden, Hustle University. Meeting him, meeting my wife, getting into the mortgage and banking industry. Meeting Henry Constanza, who was one of the foremost Datsun guys here in Georgia. He had, he had one of the first Datsuns 280Zs with a V8 swap. Meeting him, and I just literally came to this city, this state, and found a new world and found a new life of movement, mentally, physically, spiritually. And yesterday, me and Mark was was here for his his, his other other side of family family reunion, and we had a chance to sit there and, and have breakfast and just chop it up, and we just we just kind of reminisced and, and talked about these last twenty years of what our life has been. Both of us married over twenty years. Both of us with two children. Both of us with kids going to school or going to college or doing something and or doing something. And then we have our buddy Vince, the same thing, married over 20 years, two kids, uh, two sons, or one in college, one in high school, getting ready to go to college. And and it's we're talking three young African-American men from southeast San Diego, one of the roughest areas of San Diego. Uh, I had my mom and dad. Mark had his parents. Vince didn't have his dad, but he had enough uncles and men around, plus my dad and other coaches, so that filled in. But he knew his dad. His dad lived in Fresno. We visited him one day. His dad, at that time, was just an ox. He was still, at that time, I want to say in his 40s, and and was on a tree-cutting business. And he was still climbing trees, climbing trees, cutting them down. And, And we see where Vince get it from. And to have three African American men from one of the hardest areas of the city, San Diego, rise from it is 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 remarkable and magical. And what I what I tell folks is, yes, we're special, but we're special because of the circumstances. You know, circumstances spit out either negativity, evil, or special individuals. And we're not the only ones. We're not the only ones. There's several. I can speak on all the Heisman Trophy winners that have come from San Diego, from Ricky Williams to Reggie Bush to Rashawn Salam, uh, Marcus Allen. Uh, there's a couple of other guys that played football there. Robert Griffith, uh, Eric Allen, I, I, uh, James Primus. He's down here in Atlanta. He played for the Falcons. There were some basketball players, the baseball players, uh, Kevin Mitchell, Sam Horn, you know. I mean, I can just go on and on and on. Gail Devers, she's from from San Diego. So Nick Cannon, I know Nick Cannon's dad. You know, I know his father. So it's, 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 it's remarkable what has come out of San Diego, but it's also disappointing of what could have been with different circumstances. But because of my experiences and my travels, I realized there's a Southeast San Diego in every part of the country. And 
that window of opportunity we had and those voices we had you we no longer have those voices we no longer have those windows of opportunity and not me but I'm seeing this younger generation we have more technology we have more of a lot but I see less opportunity and I see more I see the 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 that 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 view that light that that optimism I don't see the optimism and I I, I fear for the next two generations but that fear motivates me not to sit and soak and wait for shit to happen that fear and that that hunger that fire says make some things happen and that's where the movement of my mind comes that's for the movement of my body you know I'm going to post something later on Facebook to let folks know it's like Glenn why why do you work out so much you getting ready to turn 55 years old why do you read so much why do you grind why do you do the things you do why 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 I said well you know what my why 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 is I'm not trying to be young I'm trying to be great 400 years too many folks have been told they're no good they're animals and and, and treated as such and and I'm changing that narrative Elijah's changing that narrative there's a million others changing that narrative I ain't trying to be young I'm trying to be great and if you don't understand that that's your personal problem that is your personal problem but you can't stop greatness and if you get in the way, you're just going to make me even more great. You're just going to make us even more great. So it becomes you either with us or against us. But if you're against us, you're going to even make us more great. So my thought for the day, my thought for the day is always have your mind and your body, your personality, your communication, your aura, your karma always have it in positive movement always have it in positive movement because karma karma is a bitch it really really is it really really is there's some there's some there's some situations that have no explanation because uh, I'll drop this little tidbit I will always always have hoodies I will always wear hoodies because when that young man was shot and killed murdered Trayvon Martin was murdered by that punk ass I had to watch my son every day get on a bus and he would be wearing hoodies and I had to tell him to stop wearing his hoodies because I didn't want something to happen to him and just as Trayvon Martin was 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 more than likely just a good kid, my son is a good kid. And it's sad that a sweatshirt that could have a brand on it that can make you a million dollars has become symbolic with the injustice in this country. So I wear hoodies. I wear hoodies. I will. I'll probably. I might even put in my will. Make sure I'm buried in a hoodie. Because 
I know what kind of man I am. I know what kind of man my friends are. I know what kind of man Elijah, Sidney, Donnie, these brothers are. And the hoodie is not symbolic of criminality. The hoodie is symbolic of being grown, handling your business, and we're going to flip the script. We're going to flip the script on that. So this is Glenn Andrews. Keep your mind, body, spirit in positive movement. We're not trying to be young. We had a good time when we were young. Right now, we're trying to be great. This is Glenn Andrews, Heroes and Kings. Elijah Brady, Heroes and Kings, signing out. Good morning. This is Glenn Andrews of Heroes and Kings. Elijah Brady of Heroes and Kings. A good Sunday morning, uh, as usual. About to get ready to go get some cardio in. Basically hit the treadmill, my roar, air bike. About to get it in. Uh, about one week away from going to visit my son for about 12 days. He's on the, other, he's on the, the left coast in school. Uh, when I get back, return back to the right coast, uh, we'll be sending my daughter off to college and me and the wife will be empty nesters outside of uh, our, our, our third child, which is Bernie Mac the Rottweiler. Uh, interesting week, as always. Interesting weekend. I usually do this on Monday, but I thought I'd do it uh, today, Sunday morning. I, I got a little bit of time on my, on my hands right now. And I like to do my podcast with a clear mind and clear thought and taking all the weekly experiences, uh, discussions, conversations, and, and everything I've done over the week and kind of just do an overview and do an overview of, of the week past so I can get ready for the week that's that's about to about to take place because uh, kind of having kind of, it's one of those things of kind of having a plan for what you want to do for the week, what you want to achieve, any objectives, any goals, any initiatives, uh, what you want to do as far as training that week. If you're working towards a a 90-day goal or a, a six-month goal or you're in the middle of a year goal of taking on either a mental or physical health and wellness transformation. So you always got to look at where you have come from look at where you are and look at where you want to go and it's, it's constant you know you got to keep moving i saw somebody said something or did something oh kasha fit k-a-i-s-i-a-f-i-t someone just posed a question you know do you work out every day or do you do something every day or something along those lines and she said yes i try to move every day and i thought that was the greatest answer it was it was just the perfect answer because that's literally what the human body and the human mind needs. The human body needs to move every day. It needs to move past being average. It needs to move past the normal every day. And you need to challenge your body as well as you need to challenge your mind. You need to read. You need to do computations. You need to look at numbers. You need to look at words. And sometimes it, it may even be great to look at a different language and discern what that language is. You know, I have a, with, with these phones, there's so much technology 
and so much on a phone that you can do that it's really sad that we don't have a higher IQ or a more intelligent population. However, having said that, there are language apps, language translators, and all kind of software, hardware, technology to make the human being better. And I say make the human being better because I think we're getting lazy. Matter of fact, I know we're getting lazy. And you have to balance out technology, machines, robotics with what a human being can do. From a business standpoint, I recognize robotics is efficient and you have more production. Uh, you have more production. However, it takes human beings to create those robot robots and robotics to run a factory or run a, a manufacturing process. Um, on the flip side, when it comes to having uh, technology and things that make what we what we so-called quote unquote make life easier, I dare say in some situations it makes the human being lazier. Perfect example is a remote control for a TV. Though the remote control makes it easier for you to just plop down in your lazy boy, grab the, the remote control and hit the TV. And then every time you need to change a channel, you just lift up your hand and, and, and push a button. And now you can do that on your phone as well. You can program your phone to control the TV. What is it to rise out your chair if you're watching that much TV and watching that many channels to get up and turn the TV off or turn the channel? We don't even do that anymore, you know? And that's, that's, a, that's one of those areas where, where do you make the, the balance? You know, something as simple as getting up and turning off a TV has turned into you sit in your chair and you just flip through channels. And it also has turned into a kind of a, an analogy of, the, of the, the certain kind of father, a certain kind of man who just comes home after work in most cases, or in some cases, don't even have a job and just plops on a chair and just press buttons all day. And it's an analogy. And one of the analogies I never, or meme as, or meme as they say, that I never wanted to be, that my kids would see me work all day or I had, I've had some home-based businesses and when they saw me plop on my chair or sit at a chair that I'd be flipping through channels at all times they would see me in movement at all times they would see me at a computer or a laptop me creating at all times they would see me they saw me working on on a hot rod they saw me take an engine out of a car and put another engine in a car they saw me up under a car welding they sell me in the backyard building a, a, a backyard park. My kids got a chance to see me walk across a stage when I got my MBA. And so they've always seen my body in movement. They've always seen my mind in movement. And that's powerful. And it's sad that enough of us and enough children have not seen men with their body and their minds in movement. I'm going to say that again. It's sad 
that enough young children, girls and boys have not seen grown men with their minds and their bodies in movement. And I'll say in a positive movement. And what that means is just seeing a man being the best he can be mentally, holistically, physically, spiritually, uh, just seeing him being the best it can be and getting a chance for children to see something different than what there has, what, what has been put out in the diaspora. I say that because yesterday I had a, had one of my, my, my longest friendship. As a matter of fact, I, I consider him my brother, uh, Marcus he was here visiting. I actually had a family reunion in Savannah, and I've known this brother since I was seven years old. And a weird dynamics: his uh, his father is my uncle's my uncle's father, stepfather. And so, uh, Mark's Mark's brother, Mark's stepbrother married my aunt and so we we've been attached to the hip since we were seven years old riding bicycles uh playing little league baseball then he went to another high school playing football i went to another high school playing football and then when we got out of high school i had got hurt because i was on my way to usc and i got hurt and so i had to figure out what i was going to do i was in junior college and best ron got me a job working for the government right out of high school and Mark was in satellite. He was studying satellites and electronics and stuff. And he got him a job doing that. Then he got him a job in the government. And we were in our 20s and early 20s. As a matter of fact, we were late teens, early 20s. And I was we were both going to junior college. And he met a young lady named Sharon. And she was so happened. She was from Atlanta. And he ended up asking her to get married. I was the best man. The wedding, oddly enough, was in Atlanta. So, uh, had always watched black black college football today on ESPN back in the day and knew about the HBCUs, but didn't know that much about them. But so we came here for the wedding. I was the best man. And we, during the time we was here, we just took a tour of Atlanta and we happened to go by the AU Center. And I just picked up a, a college application just on a whim. And had the wedding mark's married i come we all come back to san diego and i'm working going to junior college uh got my aa now it's time for me to transfer to an undergrad school and i was i had columbia dillard morgan state uh san diego state ucsd some of the schools in san diego and literally got 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 accepted to all of them and had to decide what I was going to do. And I had literally accepted Morgan State because it was the farthest away. It was in, in, in Baltimore, and it was the farthest away. And then Dillard came in in Louisiana. I said, oh, I'm going to head there. I already accepted the San Diego State, already accepted two of the schools in California. It would have been a lot cheaper. I would have been able to stay at home. Um, had paid to accept Morgan State, was getting ready to buy the plane ticket. I took uh, about a year furlough from my government job had a great boss tony bonilla he told me that hey glenn i will fur we can furlough your 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 position 
You can go down there, go to school. If it don't work out, you I, I got a job back for you if it don't work out. And so for him, I respect that, respect him for that to this day. Then uh, one of the one of the other odd ways life works, Sharon, Mark, my best friend, Sharon being from Atlanta, her dad was a Morris Morehouse man. As a matter of fact, Dr. Chandler uh, is a, was an English professor. His wife, Mrs. Floyd Chandler, was also a Spelman grad. So it's weird how the karma works out. So was on my way to Morgan State and getting ready to buy plane tickets, getting everything set up, getting ready to shut everything down and saying they're going to make this move for school. And at the last minute, my Morehouse College application was accepted. Uh, they accepted me. And that changed everything because I said, hey, you know what? I'm headed down to headed down here to Atlanta because I saw what the cost of living was at the time. I knew what the cost of living was in, in San Diego, what it was in California, what it was in Atlanta, what it was in Georgia. And I knew the apartment in the apartment and condo that me and Mark had in California. I can come here, go to school, get a job and have me a house and land. I knew this. 20 years ago and so I end up coming to Morehouse ironically when I arrive to get set up for my dorm and I, I stayed in Benjamin Mays Hall which that's another thing of that's karmic and an irony I stayed in Benjamin Mays Hall and the dorm wasn't ready yet so, you know, I had money, had credit cards, because I was a little older than most of the incoming freshmen, because I came in as a sophomore junior. And so I knew how to take care of myself in plan A, plan B. I had to rent a car. I had some money. I had credit cards. So I knew I could go stay at a hotel for a week or two weeks until the dorms were ready. Well, actually, about a couple of days till the dorms were ready. And I said, okay, uh, dorms are not ready. You know, let me go to plan B. Called Marcus and told him what was going on and he said hey just just you know mr chandler said when you get there let him know and just let him know what's going on and so i called mr chandler and i told him what was going on at morehouse and it almost bring tears to my eyes because sharon's parents mr and mr gene and floyd chandler allowed me to stay at their house fix me i had fixed me meals they allowed me to stay there until my dorm was ready and and then I went on to school. Mr. and Mrs. Chandler had only met me at Sharon's wedding because I was Mark's best man. That that's all they knew of me. And, and I saw the be and they, and they knew Mark and they know what kind of kind of man was marrying their daughter. And they and me, Darren, and Chuck were were the groomsmen and I was Mark's best man. So they knew us from that. But that's all they knew. But Mr. Chandler, Dr. Chandler, allowed me to stay in his house, and Mrs. Chandler fed me breakfast, and rest in peace, Mrs. Chandler, till, till the end of time. I have so many people to be thankful for, but I'm definitely going to be thankful to the Chandler's, Sharon's family for what they did, because they didn't have to do that, and that just shows you, one, how that, that was that Southern hospitality, two, that was that that was that Morehouse Spellman connection. And three, 
how your your pattern, your character, and your movement, your movement of your mind, your movement of your body, and the way you move about this world is karmic, and how it can how it can have an effect on you, how it can have an effect on others, and what it means over time. And so that's why I, I'm tying this all together because. The way you move physically, the way you move mentally, the, the way you move in your interactions with people tells other people about who you are and what you are. And you can't be lazy about that. You can't, you just, you just cannot be lazy. And here it is, 40, 20, 20 almost 20 something years, me from me coming here for Mark's wedding, end up going to Morehouse, end up meeting the Chandlers, which is Sharon's parents, Mark's in-laws. I end up coming here to go to school, end up meeting Hotep, meeting some of the guys I met at Morehouse, becoming a Morehouse man. Brother that helped me out so much, Hotep, Hotep Agnaden, Hustle University, meeting him, meeting my wife, getting into the mortgage and banking industry, meeting Henry Constanza, who was one of the foremost Datsun guys here in Georgia. He had, he had one of the first Datsuns 280Zs with a V8 swap, meeting him. And I just literally came to this city, this state, and found a new world and found a new life of movement mentally, physically, spiritually. And yesterday me and Mark was was here for his his, his other other side of family family reunion and we had a chance to sit there and, and have breakfast and just chop it up and we just we just kind of reminisced and, and talked about these last 20 years of what our life has been. Both of us married over 20 years. Both of us with two children. Both of us with kids going to school or going to college or doing something and or doing something. And then we have our buddy Vince, the same thing, married over 20 years, two kids, uh, two sons, or one in college, one in high school, getting ready to go to college. And, and it's, we're talking three young African-American men from Southeast San Diego, one of the roughest areas of San Diego, uh, I had my mom and dad, Mark had his parents, Vince didn't have his dad, but he had enough uncles and men around, plus my dad and other coaches, so that filled in. But he knew his dad, his dad lived in Fresno. We visited him one day. His dad at that time was just an ox. He was still at that time, I wanna say in his 40s, and was a tree on the tree cutting business. And he was still climbing trees climbing trees cutting them down and and we see where Vince get it from and to have three African-American men from one of the hardest areas of the city San Diego rise from it is 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 remarkable and magical and what I what I tell folks is yes we're special but we're special because of the circumstances you know circumstances spit out either negativity, evil, or special individuals. And we're not the only ones. We're not the only ones. There's several. I can speak on all the Heisman Trophy winners that have come from San Diego. 
from Ricky Williams to Reggie Bush to Rashawn Salam, uh, Marcus Allen. Uh, there's a couple of other guys that played football there. Robert Griffith, uh, Eric Allen, I, I, uh, James Primus. He's down here in Atlanta. He played for the Falcons. There were some basketball players, the baseball players, uh, Kevin Mitchell, Sam Horn. You know, I mean, I can just go on and on and on. Gail Deaver, she's from, from San Diego. So Nick Cannon. I know Nick Cannon's dad. You know, I know his father. So it's 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 remarkable what has come out of San Diego, but it's also disappointing of what could have been with different circumstances. But because of my experiences and my travels, I realized there's a Southeast San Diego in every part of the country and that window of opportunity we had and those voices we had, you, we no longer have those voices. We no longer have those windows of opportunity. And not me, but I'm seeing this younger generation. We have more technology. We have more of a lot. But I see less opportunity and I see more. I see the, 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 that, that, that view that light, that that optimism. I don't see the optimism. And I, I, I fear for the next two generations. But that fear motivates me not to sit and soak and wait for shit to happen. That fear and that that hunger, that fire says make some things happen and that's where the movement of my mind comes that's for the movement of my body you know i'm going to post something later on facebook to let folks know it's like glenn why why do you work out so much you getting ready to turn 55 years old why do you read so much why do you grind why do you do the things you do why 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 i said well you know what my why 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 is i'm not trying to be young i'm trying to be great 400 years too many folks have been told they're no good they're animals and and, and treated as such and and I'm changing that narrative Elijah's changing that narrative there's a million others changing that narrative I ain't trying to be young I'm trying to be great and if you don't understand that that's your personal problem that is your personal problem but you can't stop greatness and if you get in the way, you're just going to make me even more great. You're just going to make us even more great. So it becomes you either with us or against us. But if you're against us, you're going to even make us more great. So my thought for the day, my thought for the day is always have your mind and your body, your personality, your communication, your aura, your karma always have it in positive movement always have it in positive movement because karma karma is a bitch it really really is it really really is there's some there's some there's some situations that have no explanation because uh, I'll drop this little tidbit I will always always have hoodies. I will always wear hoodies 
because when that young man was shot and killed, murdered, Trayvon Martin was murdered by that punk ass, I had to watch my son every day get on a bus and he would be wearing hoodies. And I had to tell him to stop wearing his hoodies because I didn't want something to happen to him. And just as Trayvon Martin was, was, was more than likely just a good kid, my son is a good kid. And it's sad that a sweatshirt that could have a brand on it that can make you a million dollars has become symbolic with the injustice in this country. So I wear hoodies. I wear hoodies. I will, I'll probably, I might even put in my will, make sure I'm buried in a hoodie because I know what kind of man I am. I know what kind of man my friends are. I know what kind of man Elijah, Sidney, Donnie, these brothers are. And the hoodie is not symbolic of criminality. The hoodie is symbolic of being grown, handling your business, and we're going to flip the script. We're going to flip the script on that. So this is Glenn Andrews. Keep your mind, body, spirit in positive movement. We're not trying to be young. We had a good time when we were young. Right now, we're trying to be great. This is Glenn Andrews, Heroes and Kings. Elijah Brady, Heroes and Kings, signing out. Good morning. This is Glenn Andrews of Heroes and Kings. Elijah Brady of Heroes and Kings. A good Sunday morning, uh, as usual. About to get ready to go get some cardio in. Basically hit the treadmill, my roar, air bike. About to get it in. Uh, about one week away from going to visit my son for about 12 days. He's on the other, he's on the, the left coast in school. Uh, when I get back, return back to the right coast, uh, we'll be sending my daughter off to college and me and the wife will be empty nesters outside of uh, our, our, our third child, which is Bernie Mac the Rottweiler. Uh, interesting week. As always, interesting weekend. I usually do this on Monday, but I thought I'd do it uh, today, Sunday morning. I got a little bit of time on my my hands right now. And I like to do my podcast with a clear mind and clear thought and taking all the weekly experiences, uh, discussions, conversations, and and everything I've done over the week and kind of just do an overview and do an overview of, of the week past so I can get ready for the week that's that's about to about to take place because uh, kind of having it's one of those things of kind of having a plan for what you want to do for the week, what you want to achieve, any objectives, any goals, any initiatives, uh, what you want to do as far as training that week. If you're working towards a a 90 day goal or a, a six month goal or you're in the middle of a year goal of taking on either a mental or physical health and wellness transformation. So you always got to look at where you have come from, look at where you are and look at where you want to go. And it's, it's constant. You know, you got to keep moving. I saw somebody said something or did something. Oh, 
Kasha Fit, K-A-I-S-I-A-F-I-T. Someone just posed a question, you know, do you work out every day? Or do you do something every day or something along those lines? And she said, yes, I try to move every day. And I thought that was the greatest answer. It was it was just the perfect answer because that's literally what the human body and the human mind needs. The human body needs to move every day. It needs to move past being average. It needs to move past the normal every day. And you need to challenge your body as well as you need to challenge your mind. You need to read. You need to do computations. You need to look at numbers. You need to look at words. And sometimes it, it may even be great to look at a different language and discern what that language is. You know, I have a, with, with these phones, there's so much technology and so much on a phone that you can do that it's really sad that we don't have a higher IQ or a more intelligent population. However, having said that, there are language apps, language translators, and all kind of software, hardware, technology to make the human being better. And I say make the human being better because I think we're getting lazy. Matter of fact, I know we're getting lazy. And you have to balance out technology, machines, robotics with what a human being can do. From a business standpoint, I recognize robotics is efficient and you have more production. Uh, you have more production. However, it takes human beings to create those robot robots and robotics to run a factory or run a, a manufacturing process. Um, on the flip side, when it comes to having uh, technology and things that make what we what we so call quote unquote make life easier, I dare say in some situations it makes the human being lazier. Perfect example is a remote control for a TV. Though the remote control makes it easier for you to just plop down in your lazy boy, grab the, the remote control and hit the TV. And then every time you need to change a channel, you just lift up your hand and, and, and push a button. And now you can do that on your phone as well. You can program your phone to control a TV. What is it to rise out your chair if you're watching that much TV and watching that many channels to get up and turn the TV off or turn the channel? We don't even do that anymore, you know? And that's that's a, that's one of those areas where where do you make the the balance? You know, something as simple as getting up and turning off a TV has turned into you sit in your chair and you just flip through channels, and it also has turned into a kind of a, an analogy of the of the, the certain kind of father or certain kind of man who just comes home after work in most cases or in some cases don't even have a job and just plops on a chair and just press buttons all day and it's an analogy and one of the analogies I never or meme as or meme as they say that I never wanted to be that my kids would see me work all day or I had I've had some home-based businesses and when they saw me plop on my chair or sit at a chair that I'd be flipping through channels at all times they would see me in movement at all times they would see 
me at a computer or a laptop, me creating at all times. They would see me. They saw me working on on a hot rod. They saw me take an engine out of a car and put another engine in a car. They saw me up under a car welding. They saw me in the backyard building a, a, a backyard park. My kids got a chance to see me walk across a stage when I got my MBA. And so they've always seen my body in movement. They've always seen my mind in movement. And that's powerful. And it's sad that enough of us and enough children have not seen men with their body and their minds in movement. I'm going to say that again. It's sad that enough young children, girls and boys, have not seen grown men with their minds and their bodies in movement. And I'll say in a positive movement. And what that means is just seeing a man being the best he can be mentally, holistically, physically, spiritually, uh, just seeing him being the best it can be and getting a chance for children to see something different than what there has what has been put out in the diaspora. I say that because yesterday I had a had one of my 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 longest friendship. As a matter of fact, I, I consider him my brother, uh Marcus. He was here visiting. I actually had a family reunion in Savannah. And I've known this brother since I was seven years old. And a weird dynamics, his uh, his father is my uncle's my uncle's father, stepfather. And so uh, Mark's Mark's brother, Mark's stepbrother, married my aunt. And so. We, we've been attached to the hip since we were seven years old, riding bicycles, uh, playing Little League baseball. Then he went to another high school playing football. I went to another high school playing football. And then when we got out of high school, I had got hurt because I was on my way to USC, and I got hurt. And so I had to figure out what I was going to do. I was in junior college, and Miss Ronnie got me a job working for the government right out of high school. And... Mark was in satellite. He was studying satellites and electronics and stuff, and he got him a job doing that. Then he got him a job in the government, and we were in our twenties, and early twenties. As a matter of fact, we were late teens, early twenties, and I was. We were both going to junior college, and he met a young lady named Sharon, and she was so happened she was from Atlanta, and he ended up asking her to get married. I was the best man. The wedding, oddly enough, was in Atlanta. So, uh, had always watched black black college football today on ESPN back in the day and knew about the HBCUs, but didn't know that much about them. But so we came here for the wedding. I was the best man. And we, during the time we was here, we just took a tour of Atlanta and we happened to go by the AU Center. And I just picked up a, a college application just on a whim. And had the wedding Mark's married I come, we all come back to San Diego and I'm working going to junior college uh, got my AA now it's time for me to transfer to an undergrad school 
and I was I had Columbia, Dillard, Morgan State, uh, San Diego State, UCSD, some of the schools in San Diego, and literally got 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 accepted to all of them, and had to decide what I was going to do. And I had literally accepted Morgan State because it was the farthest away. It was in in, in Baltimore. And it was the farthest away. And then Dillard came in in Louisiana. I said, oh, I'm going to head there. I already accepted San Diego State. already accepted two of the schools in California. It would have been a lot cheaper. I would have been able to stay at home. Um, had paid to accept Morgan State. Was getting ready to buy the plane ticket. I took uh, about a year furlough from my government job. Had a great boss, Tony Bonilla. He told me that, hey, Glenn, I will fur- we can furlough your, your, your position. You can go down there, go to school. If it don't work out, you, I, I got a job back for you if it don't work out. And so for him, I respect that, respect him for that to this day. Then uh, one, of the, one of the other odd ways life works, Sharon, Mark, my best friend, Sharon being from Atlanta, her dad was a Morris, Morehouse man. As a matter of fact, Dr. Chandler uh, is a, was an English professor. His wife, Mrs. Floyd Chandler, was also a Spelman grad. So it's weird how the karma works out. So was on my way to Morgan State and getting ready to buy plane tickets, getting everything set up, getting ready to shut everything down and saying they going to make this move for school. And at the last minute... My Morehouse College application was accepted. Uh, they accepted me, and that changed everything because I said, hey, "You know what? I'm headed down to headed down here to Atlanta," because I saw what the cost of living was at the time. I knew what the cost of living was in in San Diego, what it was in California, what it was in Atlanta, what it was in Georgia, and I knew the apartment in the apartment and condo that me and Mark had in California. I can come here go to school, get a job, and have me a house and land. I knew this 20 years ago. And so I end up coming to Morehouse. Ironically, when I arrive to get set up for my dorm and I, I stayed in Benjamin Mays Hall, which that's another thing of that's karmic in an irony. I stayed in Benjamin Mays Hall and the dorm wasn't ready yet. So, you know, I had money, had credit cards because I was a little older than most of the incoming freshmen because I came in as a sophomore junior. And so I knew how to take care of myself in plan A, plan B. I had to rent a car. I had some money. I had credit cards. So I knew I could go stay at a hotel for a week or two weeks until the dorms were ready. Well, actually about a couple of days until the dorms were ready. And I said, okay, uh, dorms are not ready. You know, let me go to plan B. Called Marcus and told him what was going on and he said hey just just you know mr chandler said when you get there let him know and just let him know what's going on and so i called mr chandler and i told him what was going on at morehouse and it almost bring tears to my eyes because sharon's parents mr and mr gene and floyd chandler allowed me to stay at their house fix me i had fixed me meals they allowed me to stay there until my dorm was ready and and then I went on to school. Mr. and Mrs. Chandler had only met me at Sharon's wedding because I was Mark's best man. That, that's all they knew of me. 
and, and I saw the big, and they, and they knew Mark, and they know what kind of what kind of man was marrying their daughter, and they and me, Darren, and Chuck were were the groomsmen, and I was Mark's best man, so they knew us from that, but that's all they knew. But Mr. Chandler, Dr. Chandler, allowed me to stay in his house, and Mrs. Chandler fed me breakfast, and rest in peace, Mrs. Chandler, till till the end of time. I have so many people to be thankful for, but I'm definitely going to be thankful to the Chandler, Sharon's family for what they did because they didn't have to do that. And that just shows you, one, how that, that was that Southern hospitality. Two, that was that, that, was that Morehouse Spelman connection. And three, how your, your pattern, your character, and your movement, your movement of your mind, your movement of your body, and the way you move about this world is karmic and how it, can, how it can have an effect on you, how it can have an effect on others, and what it means over time. And so that's why I, I'm tying this all together because the way you move physically the way you move mentally, the, the way you move in your interactions with people tells other people about who you are and what you are. And you can't be lazy about that. You can't, you just, you just cannot be lazy. And here it is, 40, 20, 20, almost 20 something years. Me, from me coming here for Mark's wedding end up going to Morehouse, end up meeting the Chandlers, which is Sharon's parents, Mark's in-laws. I end up coming here to go to school, end up meeting Hotep, meeting some of the guys I met at Morehouse, becoming a Morehouse man. Brother that helped me out so much, Hotep, Hotep Agnaden, Hustle University. Meeting him, meeting my wife, getting into the mortgage and banking industry meeting Henry Constanza who was one of the foremost Datsun guys here in Georgia he had, he had one of the first Datsuns 280Zs with a V8 swap meeting him and I just literally came to this city, this state and found a new world and found a new life of movement mentally, physically spiritually and yesterday, me and Mark was was here for his his, his other other side of family family reunion, and we had a chance to sit there and, and have breakfast and just chop it up, and we just we just kind of reminisced and, and talked about these last twenty years of what our life has been. Both of us married over twenty years, both of us with two children, both of us with kids going to school or going to college or doing something, and or doing something. And then we have our buddy Vince, the same thing, married over 20 years, two kids, uh, two sons, or one in college, one in high school, getting ready to go to college. And and it's we're talking three young African-American men from southeast San Diego, one of the roughest areas of San Diego. Uh, I had my mom and dad. Mark had his parents. Vince didn't have his dad, but he had enough uncles and men around, plus my dad and other coaches, so that filled in. But he knew his dad. His dad lived in Fresno. 
we visited him one day. His dad is, at that time was just an ox. He was still at that time, I want to say in his 40s, and st- was a tree cu- on a tree cutting business. And he was still climbing trees, climbing trees, cutting them down. And, and we see where Vince get it from. And to have three African-American men from one of the hardest areas of the city, San Diego, rise from it is 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 remarkable and magical and what i what i tell folks is yes we're special but we're special because of the circumstances you know circumstances spit out either negativity evil or special individuals and we're not the only ones we're not the only ones there's several I can speak on all the Heisman Trophy winners that have come from San Diego, from Ricky Williams to Reggie Bush to Rashawn Salam, uh, Marcus Allen. Uh, there's a couple of other guys that played football there: Robert Griffith, uh, Eric Allen, I, I, uh, James Primus. He's down here in Atlanta. He played for the Falcons. There were some basketball players, the baseball players: uh, Kevin Mitchell, Sam Horn. You know. I mean, I can just go on and on and on. Gail Devers, she's from from San Diego. So Nick Cannon, I know Nick Cannon's dad. You know, I know his father. So it's 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 remarkable what has come out of San Diego, but it's also disappointing of what could have been with different circumstances. But because of my experiences and my travels. I realize there's a Southeast San Diego in every part of the country and that window of opportunity we had and those voices we had, you, we no longer have those voices. We no longer have those windows of opportunity and not me, but I'm seeing this younger generation. We have more technology. We have more of a lot, but I see less opportunity and I see more I see the, 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 that, that, that view, that light, that, that optimism. I don't see the optimism. And I, I, I fear for the next two generations. But that fear motivates me not to sit and soak and wait for shit to happen. That fear and that that hunger that fire says make some things happen and that's where the movement of my mind comes that's for the movement of my body you know I'm going to post something later on Facebook to let folks know it's like Glenn why why do you work out so much you getting ready to turn 55 years old why do you read so much? Why do you grind? Why do you do the things you do? Why, 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 why? I said, well, you know what? My why, why, why is I'm not trying to be young. I'm trying to be great. For 400 years, too many folks have been told they're no good, they're animals, and, 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 and treated as such. And, and I'm changing that narrative. Elijah's changing that narrative. There's a million others changing that narrative. I ain't trying to be young. I'm trying to be great. And if you don't understand that, that's your personal problem. That is your personal problem. But you can't stop greatness. 
And if you get in the way, you're just going to make me even more great. You're just going to make us even more great. So it becomes either with us or against us. But if you're against us, you're going to even make us more great. So my thought for the day, my thought for the day is always have your mind and your body your personality, your communication, your aura, your karma, always have it in positive movement. Always have it in positive movement because karma, karma is a bitch. It really, really is. It really, really is. There's some, there's some, there's some situations that have no explanation because uh, I'll drop this little tidbit. I will always, always have hoodies. I will always wear hoodies because when that young man was shot and killed, murdered, Trayvon Martin was murdered by that punk ass. I had to watch my son every day get on a bus and he would be wearing hoodies. And I had to tell him to stop wearing his hoodies because I didn't want something to happen to him. And just as Trayvon Martin was, was, was more than likely just a good kid, my son is a good kid. And it's sad that a sweatshirt that could have a brand on it that can make you a million dollars has become symbolic with the injustice in this country. So I wear hoodies. I wear hoodies. I will, I'll probably, I might even put in my will, make sure I'm buried in a hoodie because I know what kind of man I am. I know what kind of man my friends are. I know what kind of man Elijah, Sydney, Donnie, these brothers are. And the hoodie is not symbolic of criminality. The hoodie is symbolic of being grown, handling your business, and we're going to flip the script. We're going to flip the script on that. So this is Glenn Andrews. Keep your mind, body, spirit in positive movement. We're not trying to be young. We had a good time when we were young. Right now, we're trying to be great. This is Glenn Andrews, Heroes and Kings. Elijah Brady, Heroes and Kings, signing out.